Not yet. Okay. Yeah, that's coming a little bit later. You can edit that out. 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 I wasn't. I couldn't remember. Welcome back to the Christ and Culture. This is Gordon. And this is Clint. I just did the thing at the beginning of that sentence. Yeah. <laughs> How you doing? How uh, are you doing? I'm, I'm doing good. Uh, still recovering from last night. And I yeah. think you are too a little bit. Just a little bit. Uh, so last night we had a little get together with our young adult group. It was a 20s, like roaring 20s themed uh, murder mystery. Mm-hmm. And it got a little crazy. Got a little crazy. It went a little late for some of you. Yeah. Um, so we are a little exhausted, but it was a lot of fun. So shout out to the young adult group because yeah, it was that it was, was awesome. Time. I've never done a murder mystery party, and that was a blast. And neither of us were guilty, so there's nope. that. No. Nope. Although we could have been. Well, you could have been. <laughs> but yeah, how are you doing? I'm pretty good. Uh, I'm officially carless since the last time we recorded, mm-hmm. and so that's caused like a little difficulties, but that's okay. Yeah. Other than that, we're not recording too much further away than the last time, so not, yeah. not too much else has changed. It's only been a couple of days. Yeah. What about media you've been taking? Have you watched anything, read anything? I finished Maniac a second time. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, other than that. I don't think so. Yeah, I think that's that's been it since last time. All right. I've actually, so not related to this Roaring Twenties themed party, I've actually been listening to a lot of jazz music lately. Oh, nice. Yeah, so a lot of swing music. I started um, started getting into Lindy Hop, which is a dance from like the 40s and 50s, mm-hmm. the f- form of swing dance. Uh, so I've been getting into a lot of that music again. Which has been kind of just cool. listening to it. Are you, are you dancing to it uh, on occasion? A little bit of both. <laughs> okay, a little bit of both. I'm trying to learn how to Lindy Hop because it's not exactly my yeah. I my, figured my forte. Knowing you, if you were like listening to it, you would like. I wonder what the dance is. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. So all the dances that I learned, learned all of them from YouTube. Mm. So I just go and watch it. So yeah, I used to do like techno, like shuffle and tectonic and stuff like that and stuff, and you learn. All of it just from... Yeah, I'm learning really quickly how much I listen to podcasts when I drive because I'm getting, like, really behind on all my podcasts. That (laughs) makes sense. Yeah. Because I usually listen, like, in the car on the way somewhere. Steve actually just texted me this morning asking about podcasts. And he's like, what are the best Dungeons & Dragons podcasts? Ready, (laughs) go. And I'm like, I actually don't listen to many podcasts. It's usually YouTube. YouTube's like where I spend my life, which kind of bad. I'll text him. Okay, there you go. Uh, and then actually, I've also been reading some books for once, too. So the one that I'm working on right now is Hiking the Camino by mm. Father Dave uh, Pavonka, I think is his last name. But it's pretty cool. It's just like his journey and like spiritual journey and physical journey that while he's hiking the Camino de Santiago in, in Spain. So it's pretty cool so far. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, that is a bucket list item i love to hike and stuff so yeah 
might as well add that to the list. But then also, it would have been Thursday, I guess, of last week. Uh, we had a youth night for all the kids in our youth program that were invited to come and watch a movie. And so that's what we're going to be talking about today. And that movie was Coco. Coco. Yeah. So it's the Disney Pixar film that takes place in Mexico, if you haven't seen it yet. But it was pretty good. And it's the songs are so super good. catchy. So with that. This, this podcast is long overdue. Yeah. Yeah. We've had a lot of people request this too. We just And we're also recording the day before Halloween. Ooh. <laughs> and the end of the Festival of the Dead. Yeah. So much much needed. Very appropriate. So getting right into it, uh, right. if we look at the introduction, we learn a lot in the last or in the first like two minutes of the movie we can tell right away that it's going to be super family oriented, mm-hmm. which is pretty typical with uh, like Mexican like culture. Right. Mm-hmm. We also notice there's a lot to do with music, even though they're keep telling you like music is bad. Music is bad. So the, the movie kind of opens up with this main character. His name is Miguel and he's telling us about his family history basically. And so his great great grandpa was a musician and he basically left his family to go play music and never came back and so his great great grandma has like this kind of hatred for music because it kind of tore up the family and so she starts her own shoe business and from that great great grandma all the way down to Miguel and his like cousins. Everyone works at the shoe business and everyone stays away from music. Like they never talk about it. It's totally taboo. And so because they keep bringing it up, you know, it's going to be a big part of the movie. Um, so not long after that, we find out that Miguel secretly loves music. Yeah. Like he plays guitar he actually sneaks up into their attic, plays guitar, and watches old clips of his famous or his favorite famous musician, whose name is Ernesto de la Cruz. That's right, de la Cruz. Yeah. Uh, so he's this de la Cruz guy. He's a an actor and a musician, and he's supposedly from the town where Miguel is from too. So really, really well known. Um, but he can't talk about it with anyone because if he does, then he gets busted by his family. And so that's kind of how we see the beginning playing out. So before he works in the, the shoe store, he actually goes out and shines shoes for people. And his favorite place to go is the square where all the musicians play. And his parents don't know that. Right. And so one time he's going there and he's shining the shoes of this musician. And he's telling the musician, like, I want to be a musician too and all this stuff. And the musician's like, then do it. Right. Like, just start. And he he hands him the guitar and says, like, show me what you got, basically. And (laughs) just as he starts playing a song, his family comes in and just, like, his... His abuela. (laughs) Yeah, his his abuela, his grandma, starts uh, beating the musician with la chancla. 
mm. uh, to to kind of get rid of him. It's kind of a funny scene, but <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, no, it really is. Um, but beats the musician and blames him for like bringing music into this boy's life and trying to poison ru- him. Yeah, poison him yeah. with music, right? And so they scare him away, but not before Miguel figures out that there's this festival going on later that that evening, and the winner of the festival uh, gets something. I don't remember what it was, but it's a music festival, right? It's a competition to be the best musician. Um, And so he wants to enter, but obviously he can't. And so later that night, he sneaks out, right? So during this time, his family is all focusing on the Day of the Dead, right? So putting together their ofrenda, uh, which is basically an, an offering to their ancestors who have passed away. Right. And one of those things that they, they put on this ofrenda, which is kind of like a table, is pictures of all of their ancestors to help remember them. And this is a pretty common and important theme throughout the story. So he sneaks out with his guitar. He go, He's going to play at the, this festival and he gets busted again by his grandma. And she gets so mad, she grabs his guitar and smashes it in the ground. And he cries and runs away. Yeah. Which brings us to his next solution, I guess. Um, he goes to the cemetery next. And while he's at the cemetery, he finds the tomb of De La Cruz, and he breaks in. And when he breaks in, he goes and finds De La Cruz's uh, guitar, right. which is in his his tomb, and he steals it. Um, and just so anyone that hasn't seen the show knows, it's like one of those standing up tombs. Yeah, like not a mausoleum. Like a, yeah, not like a tomb in the ground. Yeah, yeah, thank you. Um, so... Uh, he, he steals it, and as soon as he plays one note, you notice something, like, supernatural happens. And then people start coming into the mausoleum because they notice someone broke in. And the people pass right through Miguel, mm-hmm. almost like he's a ghost. Right. And so, as he leaves the mausoleum, trying to figure out what's going on, he notices that there are dead people all around him that no one else can see. So, the living people can't see him. But these dead people can. Yeah. So, what the ofrenda, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's the day of the dead. There's a lot of people in the cemetery, like real people, mm-hmm. um, and they're decorating the graves. They even De La Cruz's mausoleum is like fully decorated to the max with candles, with flowers, with like food and offerings because people put up. There are pictures of their relatives on the ofrenda because they believe that during the Day of the Dead season, it's allowing them to cross over and they get to spend time with them mm-hmm. on this night. And so he's actually seeing both sides now, the people that are doing that and the people that are dead spending time with their family. Some people are like having picnics and stuff, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. One thing I forgot to mention, though, this is actually really important. So before he sneaks out, he accidentally breaks the photo of his great-great-grandma, which was on the ofrenda. Right. And when he grabs the photo, uh, he notices that there was a piece that was folded behind. And when he opens it up, it's 
his grandfather, his great great grandfather, but the head part, so you can't see the face, is missing. And he notices that his great great grandfather is holding this guitar, which the, is the the one that he just stole from De La right, Cruz, the same guitar that De La Cruz uses. Yeah, and so he's like, De La Cruz is my great great grandfather, right? And so that's the reason why he goes to his mausoleum specifically, right? So he's looking for the help from his ancestors. And actually, right before that, Miguel's father says, you have your family here to guide you. And this is something that is a theme throughout the story. And so in Miguel's head, he's thinking, oh, well, De La Cruz is my family, and he understands me because he's a musician, so I'm going to have him guide me. So any thoughts or comments so far? Uh, I do have one one thing, but we I'll just like kind of say it to add it in real quick, and then we come back to it because I really mm-hmm. got in, in depth. But there's another character, if you can say that. Um, it's a dog. Oh yeah. Named Dante, which is also an ir- irony. Oh, um, I didn't and, even put that and he, right after he like seems like to cross over and is like in the world of like the dead people can still see him mm-hmm. and that's kind of huge and so in the sense of talking about guides i think gante is a huge guide for um miguel so that's all we can i can expand on that later but yeah yeah, yeah i think that's good it's really important um okay so going back to where we kind of left off he is now in this uh other side almost he's in the the land of the living but he can only interact with the dead. Right. And so pretty soon he's going through and he actually runs into his ancestors and they recognize him. And after a little bit, he recognizes them and they're a little confused because his great, great grandmother can't get across. And so in a few moments after this, we realize that the only way for them to cross over is if they have a picture on an ofrenda somewhere. Right. And because Miguel broke the photo and then took it, his great-great-grandmother wasn't on the ofrenda. ofrenda. Mm -hmm. And so she couldn't cross over, so she's stuck. So his ancestors take him back to the other side, this spirit world, if you will. Um, And so he goes over there, and they're trying to find this great-great-grandmother. They end up finding her in like this legal office trying to like plead her case that of course her family always puts the picture on the ofrenda like there must be some kind of mistake and they they meet up they figure out what's going on and they realize that because miguel is in the land of the dead he's actually slowly becoming dead and so you see his skin starts to fade like on his fingers and stuff and you just see his bones and they figure out that if he's not back in the land of the living by the end of the night, then he will remain dead. Right. He'll be stuck basically. Mm-hmm. So the only way for him to get back though, is for someone from his family to offer their blessing. Yeah. And so he's like, perfect. Like his family's right there. Like we'll get the blessing. And so they start to do it. And the great, great grandmother offers the blessing with conditions. And the main condition is that, when he goes back, he can never play music again. 
And so he's like, obviously disappointed by this, but he says, okay. And so she offers the blessing. He goes back. And as soon as he gets back into the land of the living, he grabs the guitar and says, I'm going to go play. And within like four seconds, he's back in the the land of the dead because he broke the condition. Right. Um, so they have like this big argument and everything and he ends up running away from his family in the land of the dead. So now he's so funny. He ran away from his family again. Yeah. So first he runs away from his family in the land of the living and now in the land of the dead, right after his dad says, your family will guide you. And so we, we see kind of this, this turning away from the family as he's, running away from them, he runs into this other guy whose name we end up learning is Hector. Mm-hmm. So Hector is kind of the comedic relief a little bit of the movie. And he's kind of just this awkward dude. He tries to sneak across into the land of the living because no one ever puts his picture on an ofrenda. Right. And so he's just stuck. It's like he, he had been forgotten. And so he just wants to get back and see his family basically. Right. So they come up with this deal that Hector will help Miguel find De La Cruz. Cause if De La Cruz is his great, great grandfather, then he can give the blessing. And in return, when Miguel goes back to the land of the living, he'll put Hector's photo on an ofrenda so that he can finally cross over. Mm-hmm. So they have this deal and they go around trying to find De La Cruz and they struggle a little bit but pretty soon they realize that De La Cruz is having this party and there is a citywide competition just like in the land of the living whoever wins the music competition gets to go to De La Cruz's party and be the entertainment for the night and so they're like Miguel you gotta play and you gotta win basically but they don't have a guitar so they go to this uh, I guess area where everyone who's forgotten in the land of the dead correct lives and this part's kind of sad because it's really sad. the way they get the guitar is they find this old man who who had been forgotten y- you notice he, he really doesn't seem like he's left his bed in a really really long time yeah and it's not even a real bed it's a it's like a hammock a hammock yeah he just seems like he can't even get up and we notice that he's fading like he's leaping in and out of existence and so here we find out that when people are forgotten in the land of the dead they disappear and cease to exist and so this is kind of where we really get the importance of remembrance Mm -hmm. so he's going in and out of of existence basically and he says to hector like you can have my guitar I'm not going to need it anymore. I can't even use it. All I want in return is for you to play me one last song. Right. And so we find out Hector is a musician, even though up to this point he claims to hate music. Right. So he plays this song and he's actually really, really good. And it's a really touching moment. And as soon as he finishes the song, the man just fades, passes out of existence. Mm-hmm. So now they have a guitar and they go to the competition and they realize that Miguel had never actually performed in front of people before. Mm-hmm. Cause he'd always been doing it in their attic. They actually end up performing together. 
Right, because he starts to get like stage fright. Yeah, he gets nervous. So Miguel helps him. He discovers his his scream. Uh, if you don't know what that is, go check it out. I don't know. It's it's pretty funny. So he he ends up doing really really well. Um, but before he can win, what happens is his family tracks him down mm-hmm. and they find him. And so he tries to just run away before they even announce the winner. And what happens is Hector realizes that all he needs to do to get back is go to his family that's right there at the competition. And so he tries turning Miguel into his family, like to uh, turn him over, I guess, so that he can go back to the land of the living and bring his photo back without even needing to find De La Cruz. And... Miguel doesn't want to go to them. He wants to go to De La Cruz so he can still play music when he goes back to the land of the living. And so there's this big chase, and eventually uh, they catch him, and Miguel is on his own because he leaves everyone. And he manages to just escape his great-grandmother by locking a door in between them, like a, a metal door with like a grate in between. So yeah, it's like still a talk. grate in the middle of the stairwell. Yeah. And so... We find out that she can sing. Like, really like good. Really, really well. Yeah. And so, Miguel's like, well, why did you give up this music? Like, why did you do that? And she says that she gave up music for family, and her husband gave up family for music. Yeah. And so, we see that, to them, it's like this competition, but Miguel says that, like, why do we have to do either? Like, why right. can't I have both? Right. Um, he doesn't really want to have to choose. So he ends up sneaking into the party and he gets De La Cruz's attention by performing really, really well. And it's kind of awkward. He actually falls into a swimming pool as he's playing. Right. But he gets De La Cruz's attention. Tells him that he's his great-great-grandson. And De La Cruz is super excited, really confused. He doesn't know how he had a, had a grandson. Um, but really, really excited. They have like this, these moments. Just this montage scene yeah. of De La Cruz showing everyone in the party his grandson. Yeah, and so at this point, he is realizing that, he, uh, like Miguel is is fading, um, they're not fading but dying. Right. At this point, too, earlier when he ran away from his family a second time in the dead, land of the dead, from the after after playing and possibly winning the show, mm-hmm. he gave what's his name's picture back hector yeah hector he threw hector's picture who that he he was trying to carry back to the land of the living Mm -hmm. he threw it back so hector has to find miguel now yeah before he goes back right so he's with de la cruz without the picture right so we get to de la cruz and de la cruz hasn't given his blessing or anything but when he addresses De La Cruz about the blessing and De La Cruz is about to give the blessing so he goes back to the land of the living Hector barges in right and they confront each other and pretty soon we find out that Hector is actually the one that wrote all of De La Cruz's songs Mm -hmm. so they used to be partners where they performed together Uh, Hector came up with all the songs and De La Cruz kind of took them and made them famous after Hector passed away. Right. Which in the same scene we find out that 
De La Cruz actually murdered Hector when he found out that Hector wanted to choose his family over music. Mm -hmm. And so one thing I want to point out is up to this point, De La Cruz has had this phrase or this saying that kind of is like his signature phrase. It's seize the moment. So I want to talk about that for a second and see, see what you think. So he keeps saying seize the moment. And that has been kind of Miguel's motto as well. Cause De La Cruz is his hero. And we notice at this point that whenever he says seize the moment, he's really saying seize like whatever you want, like whatever's immediately in front of you, whatever brings you this immediate joy or this immediate happiness. And we know in in life that typically doesn't always turn out well. Yeah. You know? Um, and so we see that in this moment, seizing the moment for him was killing Hector in real life. Right. It was abandoning his family. It was uh, a few moments after this, it's attacking Miguel. Yeah. Who he believes to be his great, great grandson. So seizing the moment for him is really just do whatever is best for you, no matter the cost of others. Yeah, it's seizing my my moment. Yeah. Yeah, and that's one thing I do remember from the movie is when he's with De La Cruz for the first time and they're hanging out, you kind of get a sense of like De La Cruz's personality in that, like that montage scene. That mm-hmm. He's just like super selfish. Oh, yeah. He walks into this room and he's like, these are all the gifts that everyone gives me. And you almost see like a change in Miguel's face. And he's like, cool. Like, can we like do this thing now? <laughs> he's like, yeah, it's just really, really funny. He just cares about De La Cruz. Yeah. And you're kind of seeing that Miguel too with everything else play out because of the scene in the stairwell with his mom. And she's like this, like, I don't hate music. I actually love music, but this is why I had to stop like singing. Mm-hmm. It was the first time you almost like join the parents' side for I, I would I assume because like for me, I'm like why can't he just play music? Like I would hate that. Let him do what he wants. It's not bad. And right. then she explains things, and you're like, listen to your parents. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and I I want to kind of run with that too because yeah, when he kind of attacks and arrests, if you will, Miguel, the reason he says he has to do that and won't give his blessing is because if Miguel goes back and tells people what happened, then people won't love De La Cruz anymore. Right. And he can't allow that. Right. He he like feeds off of their, their love and their affection, if you will. It's just he wants to be remembered a certain way. Which is kind of perfect because the the main song uh, i think there's only like eight or nine songs in this entire thing and four of them are different versions of this song uh it's called remember me and we hear it over and over again and it's really like you said it's one of the main themes yeah when he plays in the in the square for the competition he he wants to play a de la cruz song and he's like i want to play remember me Mm -hmm. and he's like don't play remember me everyone everyone plays it and you look around and there's like different bands it's kind of like uh whatever that singing movie is like oh uh i think it's just called sing with the animals no no the acapella movie but 
doesn't matter. No. It's just kind of a scene where you just see different style bands like mariachi, like an acapella band yeah, yeah. and stuff like that singing Remember Me and it's really funny. Yeah, so I'm going to go ahead and walk through those lyrics a little bit of one of the shorter versions of the song, but it goes something like this. Remember me, though I have to say goodbye. Remember me, don't let it make you cry. For even if I'm far away, I hold you in my heart. I sing a secret song to you each night we are apart. Remember me, though I travel, though I have to travel far. Remember me each time you hear a sad guitar. Know that I'm with you, the only way that I can be. Until you're in my arms again, remember me. So, you want to go ahead and start this off? Because I know you had uh, a thought on these words specifically and someone in scripture oh, said them. Yeah, it's just that Jesus Christ did, t- it, was, it was his apostles, right? Mm-hmm. He told them, remember me. I think it was like right before he left. It was the, the Last Supper. Oh, the last, that's, that, and, there we go. Yeah, and we say it at, at Mass. Right. Do this in remembrance of me. Yeah. Um, and this idea of, like, you know, Clint already touched on it earlier, and, like, the idea of, like, how important it is to remember with, like, the ofrenda and being in the land of the forgotten. It's, and then we have De La Cruz, who just wants to be remembered a certain way. Mm-hmm. And it's just this idea of, like, knowing and holding on to. Uh, we I had led a Bible study yesterday. We've had a new student who's been coming, and she's never been in a Bible study. And I kind of asked her, like, why do you think we study the Bible? We started talking about, like, the living word. And, like, when you dive into Scripture, it's not only, like, growing in a relationship with God, which is what it is, but it's also getting to know who that God is. And when you get to know that, you can, like, recall that thing. It's recall, like, who that is, recall right. what he's done. And it helps foster that relationship. And so when we go to Mass and do these things in remembrance of Him and allow Him to do it again for us, we get to foster not only this relationship with God, but like re- like, f- like, realize and live out like who He truly is. Yeah. yeah. And I think something that goes along with that in this movie, something that's really important is traditions. Yes. And so we notice that the way that we are able to remember is by handing on traditions down through the generations. And that's the exact same in in our faith, too. The way that we remember Christ is through the scripture and traditions that have been handed down to us through the last 2,000 years. Right. And so it's really important that we have those, not just scripture, yeah, but also the tradition that comes along with that, too. Um, So that's really important. And then I think the other thing that I would like to point out is remember remembrance of ancestors right and so we we pray for those who are are deceased we pray that god may have mercy on them and bring them to heaven we pray for the souls in purgatory so that they may be able to join god in heaven soon and we pray to those who are in heaven so that they can intercede for us right Uh, i do want to clarify we don't worship saints but we do pray to them, right? Just like I pray to Gordon. Pray, the word pray means to ask, mm-hmm. right? So I ask Gordon to pray for me, and we ask the saints to pray for us as well. And that is scriptural too. If you want to check that out, um, you check out like James five sixteen, Romans 15, 
uh, it's it's all all in there. I think Matthew five too. I think another thing with this song is just simply if you read it, and it's po- quite possibly is because it is that way. But it's just like simply put, the love of a father. You know, just explained out and something we read yesterday in Bible study. Going back to that is the parable of the firm foundation, like building a house on rock mm-hmm. and on sand. And obviously, if we want to build our house on rock, which is God, meaning like if our house is knocked away, if we lose everything, what's still there? God, this Mm -hmm. rock. So like even when it's saying in the song, even when you cry, like even in your saddest moment, even in your despair, remember me. Mm -hmm. Remember I exist and I love you and I'm not going anywhere. Right. Like don't forget that like it's not the worst thing that could happen. I'm still here. I I was telling you a little bit before we got started. Um, this brings me back to a song that we used to sing at, at my parish when I was growing up called Remember Me When You Come Into Your Kingdom. And that's literally the entire lyrics. They just sing that on repeat. But it's supposed to draw us back to the repentant thief that died next to Christ mm. who said, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And so I think... We can see it as we remember Christ, we remember our ancestors, but also we pray that Christ remember us when when we pass away as well. Right. So we see this really deep theme of remembrance coming through over and over and over again. Right. Okay. So going back to the story, we have Hector and Miguel are both kind of like arrested and thrown down this well, kind of. And while they're down there, they start to talk and they learn that the reason Hector left De La Cruz was because he wanted to go home and see his daughter, who we find out her name is Coco, which Mm -hmm. is the name of the movie. But then Miguel starts thinking and he realizes that his great grandma that's still alive, her name is Coco. Right. And so they start piecing it together and they realize that De La Cruz wasn't actually his great-great-grandfather, Hector was. And so we have this eye-opening like moment. And in this is one of my favorite parts, actually. But uh, Miguel actually stands up and says, like, I'm not ashamed that you're my great-great-grandfather. I'm proud to be part of your family. He stands up and he just yells. Like, I am proud to be his family. And then Hector does the same thing and they just start screaming together. It's kind of adorable. Um, but we have this this moment of looking beyond their mistakes. And also, like, for a brief moment, it's looking beyond circumstance. Mm-hmm. Because they are trapped in a well, and even though they're like in a realization moment, screaming, this is not helping them out of their circumstance. Yeah. And what happens next is we actually see there's like these spirit animals. Yeah. And one of the spirit animals kind of guides Miguel's great great grandmother. And so that spirit animal comes and rescues those two and brings them back to Miguel's family. Mm hmm. And so this is the first time where we see Hector, his great-great-grandfather, and his great-great-grandma in the same 
space. Right. And so there's this tension because they haven't seen each other ever since Hector left the family to go play music and never returned. And we see this exchange of this is what really happened. And Miguel kind of like explains it. And there's still a little bit of tension, but you see there's a little bit understanding too. And Miguel says, you don't have to forgive him, but we shouldn't forget him. And so in this moment, we realize that Hector is starting to fade, just like the old man. So if someone doesn't remember him by the end of the night, he will cease to exist. Right. And so, again, we see this, even if you can't forgive him, we should still remember him. We should still learn from him and, and honor him. Something else I just kind of realized as you are saying that sentence, it, there's this theme throughout the entirety of the movie of, like, urgency. Mm-hmm. Like, you have to, you need, like, this needs to happen by this point or there's going to be a consequence. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, you know, I think it's kind of something we've not touched on before in a, on a podcast, but I think there is this in our faith, like an urgency to understand who God is and turn to him, obviously before we pass away here on earth. Mm-hmm. Like there is a, there is like technically speaking, like a judgment and there's an urgency to like let other people know who that is. And like, like there we are on like a timeline. Yeah. You don't know the day or the hour exactly. when the Lord is coming. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's just something that I kind of see on repeat in this. There's an urgency for Miguel to get home because he's going to be stuck. And there's an urgency to get home so that Tector isn't forgotten. And I think once they realize that and towards the very end of the movie, we see this joy where they realize that what they have in life is so good and they, they start to cherish it more and it, it's really beautiful and we'll actually touch on that in a second too and so what they do is as a family they sneak back into the party they find de la cruz and they steal the photograph which he had taken of of hector uh so that they can put it on the, the ofrenda as they're escaping they actually end up sneaking into the concert on accident that he was supposed to be performing at and the great great grandmother ends up singing in the show and they have like this duet together and it's it's fun there's a chase and everything <laughs> there's a lot of spoilers so i'm just going to keep kind of moving along uh eventually de la cruz tries to end them right uh to say it in a few words and what happens is he actually shoves miguel to his death over like a ledge and they get the whole thing on camera yeah and everyone sees how evil de la cruz really is and so we see that his greatest fear not being remembered not being loved has come to reality because people actually saw the real him correct that he had been hiding this whole time so in reality we find out that the part of de la cruz that everyone loved was what he stole from hector but miguel doesn't die Uh, they're, they're able to save him and they give him their blessing and send him back to the land of living with no conditions. And so he puts the, the photo on the ofrenda of Hector and his great-great-grandmother. And he goes to his great-grandma Coco 
and sings the song Remember Me because it was written by Hector for her. And in that moment, Coco remembers her father. And so we don't see it in in that scene, but in the next scene we find out because she remembered him, Hector survived. He didn't fade. So in the next scene, it flashes forward a whole year to the next year. In that time, their home is no longer a shoe shop. Now it's a museum to music and to Hector and to his memory. Everything about De La Cruz is kind of faded because everyone knows he's not great anymore and what really? really happened. During that time, Coco passes away. And in the next Day of the Dead, we see all of the ancestors are there with the family that is living. And they're all having this big celebration. Coco is with them as well. And to be honest, when I was talking with people this week about all the different songs in this show or in this movie, everyone either says they like Remember Me, which is the main song, or uh, Un Poco Loco, Poco Loco, which is just a really fun song. That's the song that he sang uh, to win the contest. Yeah. My favorite one is actually the one at the end. So it's called Proud Corazon or Proud Heart. And this is what he sings in the final scene as they're having this big celebration. Again, it's it's so joyful. Right. Once they've realized that they're together, once they're, they've realized what is true about their family and, and they are remembering them and they realize the gift that life is, there's so much joy. When they stop, when they all stop trying to control yeah. a situation and they just like let go and let like let it be they seize the moment in the right way (laughs) right right and yeah it is really good yeah and so let's walk just through the song a little bit and see what we can come up with so it says say that i'm crazy or call me a fool but last night it seemed that i dreamed about you when i opened my mouth what came out was a song and you knew every word and we all sang along to a melody played on the strings of our souls and the rhythm that rattled us down to the bone. Our love for each other will live on forever in every beat of my proud heart. Um, And then later on it says, Oh, my family, listen, my people, sing along and let it be known. Our love for each other will live on forever in every beat of my proud heart. And to me, I see music as a, a really important form of worship. Yep. And... I think we see that through this movie a lot. It's, it's important. And I think, I don't remember who says it, but like singing well is like praying twice, mm-hmm. right? Because it's not because your song is so great, but it's because you're using the gift that God gave you right. and offering it back to him. Right. So that's why it's praying twice. But what I love is this line, to a melody played on the strings of our souls. And so we get this sense that it's something more than just physical. It's something that's spiritual. Yeah. Uh, and so it's there's something that connects them all. And we see that throughout this entire song. It connects them all in a way that is spiritual. And so taking that into our worship, when we go to mass, when we sing praise and worship, it should be uniting us in our prayer in our offering of ourselves in a a truly beautiful way where we offer not just our prayer, but we offer 
the gifts that God gave us back to him. And so, again, we, we see this unity, but we also see this, this worship. Uh, it says over and over again that our love for each other will live on forever. Yeah. Right. And so that can be our love for each other as in the community of people singing. It can also be our love for each other, which is our relationship with Christ. Correct. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know if you have any other thoughts on that. No, I mean, I think I never really looked into that song, but that's, I think that's really good. And yeah. I like that a lot. Yeah. I, I love that one. It's really fun, really upbeat and beautiful. So, but that is the movie. So th- there's a lot to it. I think the big takeaways are, like I said, family, uh, you, your family will guide you and also remembrance. What about, so something I kept thinking about, you know, is like an interesting thing is authority mm-hmm. and like the commandment, honor thy mother and father. Yeah. And, t- you know, technically speaking in the beginning of the movie, regardless of conditions, Miguel should have honored his mother and father right. and not played music or meddled with guitars, even though it doesn't, it's not hurting anyone. Like that is our call from like Christ mm-hmm. going back to like talking about tradition and things handed down. That is our call towards Christ from something that he said is to like honor your mother and father and what they say. And even though they were kind of broken in a sense and wanted to control and were misunderstood, you still got to like listen to them, mm-hmm. you know, even at my age or if I know if someone's like 50, they still need to honor their father, mother, honor their mother and father. And that's just how like that, how that works. It's, it's, it's something that we have to do. And that's something I kept thinking because the whole time you're on kind of Miguel's side watching the movie, you're like, no, it's let him play music. But technically speaking, you, you, he's, he, he's yeah. got to listen. Yeah. So how about this for a challenge then? It's kind of a twofold challenge. Number one, in the sense of family, talk to your family this week. If calling them is something you do on a normal basis or if you live with them, you talk with them. But just reach out to your parents. Reach out to your siblings. Just talk to them. And then the other aspect that I want to focus on is the remembrance. And so take time in prayer this week to remember and pray for those who have who have passed to remember them uh to ask god to be merciful and, and welcome them into his his loving arms in heaven um and ask them to pray for you yeah because if they are in heaven then we want their prayers as well so that's what i got cool you got any shout outs i do i was i just remembered hey <laughs> i was remembered, uh last week me and lizzie or lizzie and i rather went to a world war one museum that was like here really it's like right down the street from us and it was like a it's like a mobile museum so it's real small and it's just like traveling the world or the states and we just met with the guy that runs it and i kind of thought about this halfway through the podcast because it kind of speaks into the power of like remembrance is that he started doing this because basically he's like collected a whole bunch of actual stuff from like that era in world war one because he was a missionary who was trying to go out to sri lanka during when it got hit with like a tsunami like 10 or 11 years ago Mm -hmm. because he had 
like handiwork and like building and like ham like he had he knew how to like build up houses and stuff but there was nothing to build like everything was gone and so all he realized that they needed was like bereavement counseling and so he started doing that and then he came back and actually became a bereavement counselor mm. and he had a lot of patients that were from like the war era and he had one patient specifically that was from world war one and he he really was like i don't i don't know anything about world war one I. I know world war two but i had nothing so he came went home and started to like research because he knew if he could talk about it he would like trigger memories because this patient was like pretty bad off didn't remember a lot didn't really talk and so he came back started talking about world war one and immediately like it clicked. It was just kind of like when Miguel was talking to, singing to Coco the song "Remember Me," and yeah. all of a sudden she's like dancing. Yeah. Um, and he's like talking about the history, and then he goes home and he's like, "Well, if I can like get something, then that would trigger something." And he buys like a shovel, like a hand shovel from that era, and brings it back. And he, as soon as he puts it into his hands, he just starts crying because it looks just like his from his dad's. And I think there's just like a power to remembrance, even with like the people here on earth. Like when you, if you go and visit someone in the old folks home, like ask about their past. Mm-hmm. If you're hanging out with your grandparents, ask about their stories. I know it's like all my grandma loves to talk about is like the stories. Um, and it's just, that's something that, like I kind of remember, I kind of remembered when we were talking about like remembrance. It's just like, there is like this power to it. Mm-hmm. And then, literally speaking if it's remembrance of like jesus christ like how much power more powerful that could be yeah um so his name was keith the guy that runs it um he's kind of like permanently disabled because he was in a accident but he's running this like awesome thing he pretty much started because he's like if this helps one person i wanted to help everybody and i want to like share this history because and so he's a really cool guy oh that's awesome i wish i would have gotten in while i was here i want to give a shout out to our echo apprentice uh, so uh, we have an apprentice that's working in our ministry at our parish to learn about how to be a minister. And yeah. uh, it was her idea to play Coco for the for the teens. So shout out to Annie uh, for putting that together because I'd never seen it. And then I also want to give a shout out based off of what you were just talking about, Gordon, to my grandma. Yeah. Uh, her name is Laura. We call her Toots. Um, but I remember as I was growing up, I, I would go to her a lot. Um, a lot of my... Grandparents passed away when I was younger. Um, so I go to her a lot to talk about what life used to be like. And she has an amazing memory. Like she can remember dates like nobody's business. <laughs> and uh, so it was always good to hear like stories from her. Yeah. They were always so detailed yeah. and accurate. But yeah, so with that, uh, I want to encourage you guys to just remember this week. Remember us, remember your ancestors, remember your challenge, and remember the mission that Christ gave you. Yep. That's that's what I got for you. So cool. Thanks again for joining us on the adventure, and we will see you next time. Bye guys.